You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LEFC. This is week nine of Study the Word 101 on the book of Ephesians. Today's intro teaching is on the study tools of background and commentaries. The wrap-up teaching covers Ephesians 6, 10 through 24. Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning, um, thankful for another day, for um, the beautiful weather that is promised um, later today. Lord, we thank you for your word and just uh, what a gift it is to know you more through it, Lord. We um, ask that as we come together this morning, um, that we would just uh, grow in our understanding of who you are and what it means um, to walk out uh, life united with you. Lord, I just ask that your spirit would be um, in our conversation, um, illuminating your word to us, bringing uh, unity of thought and um, encouragement from one another. We ask all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so um, just one announcement, well, kind of two, for you this morning. Um, One is we have a congregational meeting on Sunday evening, so would encourage you to come. There's a meal beforehand at 5 o'clock that is going to benefit Team 127. Um, so you could come out and enjoy that as well. I think it's by donation um, that you can just give for that. And then we also wanted to let you know what we're going to be doing next semester because sadly, we only have two more classes left together. So in January, we're, we are going to be going through the book of Deuteronomy. Um, so we'll all do the same study together. Um, and we'll be in the large group room. And we'll be going through it in an inductive style, but you'll have more prompts that you would in this class um, as we go through that. So um, we hope you'll join us again for that. And that is starting earlier than normal. So <coughs> it just is. Be aware of it. It's starting on the 11th yes. of January. January. I think Easter is early. Right? Easter moves around, and so we try not to have just like one WBF after Easter because that feels a little obnoxious to just come back for one. So we decided to start early this just go around. Just keep that in mind. So, yes. I know when I was like, oh, I was planning on it being later. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So, right after the holidays, we'll get rolling. All right, so this morning for our study tip, we are talking about commentaries and background. And so um, this week, our study tip is all about how do you actually, since we're almost done with this book, and one of our goals for this class is to give you tools to study on your own, what tools do we still need that we've been currently giving you um, that you would need in order to start a study on your own? And so that's what we're talking about about this morning. So before we actually even get into commentaries and backgrounds, I just want to mention about translations. So one of the questions you might ask yourself when you go to start studying um, a book of the Bible is what translation should I use? And you can see that we have chosen to use um, the ESV and we use those scripture journals in on a Sunday morning we would use the NIV. Um, Both are great translations. Um, And I'm not here to necessarily give you the perfect translation that you should choose, but I wanted to give you an idea of what, how different translations are translated and how they differ. And so we have two kind of camps with translations. The first is word for word, and the second is thought for thought. And you'll have some that are kind of in the middle of that, but those would be kind of the two ends of the spectrum. So a word for word commentary is where a translator takes the original text and he goes word by word translating each word into English. And what happens in that is that you can lose some of the readability of it when you're going from one language to another and it can feel clunky and harder to read. And so uh, ESV would be a word for word translation, something like um, the New King James Version if you've ever read that. 
That is a word-for-word -word translation. It's a little harder to understand. You have to really kind of slow down and think about what's being said. Um, but that's word-for-word. -word. Then on the other side of the spectrum, you have thought-for-thought. This would be something like the New Living Translation. Very easy to read, um, written in a way that you can really understand it. And that's because the translator is taking an entire sentence or an entire thought, and they are translating that whole thought into English. So when they do that, you may lose some of the words, um, depth of meaning, um, but it creates a translation that's very easy to read and understand the thought or intention of what the author is saying. Um, in the middle, you would have something more like the NIV, which um, is going to kind of do both of those things, right? It's going to go word for word, but then it's also going to consider how can I make this readable for my um, readers. So um, any of these are great translations to read on a daily basis. Um, when you're doing this type of inductive study, I would encourage you to go towards NIV or a more word-for-word -word, um, translation. So something in the middle or more word-for-word. -word. If you go thought for thought, you just are gonna lose some of those words to look up and definitions is gonna be a little harder to do. And because we're slowing down and we're really thinking about what's being said, um, it's a good opportunity to kind of use that word-for-word -word type of a translation. Um, so that's kind of a reason. The only reason we chose ESV rather than NIV is because they have these beautiful scripture journals, right? And it's a great translation. <laughs> so it's not because we're trying to say um, the NIV is no good. Um, as Casey's told you, she uses it a lot. And then I would also say to you, remember, when you study, we want to reference other translations, but you'll want one kind of as your basis that you're working off of. Next, um, so we're going to look at how do I get background information and commentary? And so the background information is all of that information we gave you in the beginning of the study, right? It's um, what, who is the author, who is the audience, um, what is the genre that we're talking about, um, how was this book written. All of that is going to be important for you to know before you start to study, to have that information. Um, and then commentary is... Um, anytime someone is making any type of comment on the text, right? So anytime they're giving you their opinion, they're talking about it, that is commentary. So you can have traditional commentary that's written in books, but then you can also have things that are less traditional, like a sermon, is, is still a commentary. Um, it's someone giving you their thoughts on it. So commentaries are great. We've asked you not to use them in this class, right? You've heard us say this many times because we want you to sit and think about the text on your own. We want you to um, pause and really meditate and allow the Lord um, to um, give, give you insight into what is, is being said before you run to somebody else's thoughts. But when you come here, what do you do? You talk to your friends about what um, you read, right? You hear their commentary on the text and you give your commentary on the text and you exchange those ideas and thoughts. And then you listen to Casey or I give our commentary on the text. So commentary is really helpful. It's helpful for us to um, take what we think the text is saying and compare it to what somebody else says. Um, and so I would encourage you to do that towards the end of your study. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do that that we'll get into here in a moment. <coughs> so how do you find this information? Well, one of the first um, options is a study Bible. Um, a study Bible is really helpful because in one book, you can get background and commentary on all the books of the Bible. Um, so this is really helpful. Um, a study Bible, so I do not 
study out of a study Bible, but I use a study Bible as like a reference book, if that makes sense. Uh, because I find it too easy to jump down and find someone else's thoughts before I let my own sit. So I, that's why I don't study out of it, um, but it is really helpful to reference later. So in the beginning of a study Bible, you're gonna have a background page um, that is going to give you all sorts of information about um, the book that you're reading. And it's gonna give you a really quick snapshot. And it's going to be very thorough. So you're gonna have the author, you're gonna have the audience, you're gonna have what type of um, book this is. Um, is it a letter, is it poetry? Um, all of that information is going to be in a short little one-page summary that you can look at. It's really helpful. Um, and then, throughout the study Bible, um, towards the end, if you want to look at that commentary piece at the end of your study, you can go down to the bottom of a study Bible and it's going to give you notes. And generally it'll have like um, one, three, like chapter one, verse three, and it'll give you a comment on it. Uh, it doesn't have it for every single verse, but it gives you what whoever put the study Bible together thinks is the most pertinent information that you will need for that chapter on those specific verses. So um, you can go through a study Bible and look at that. You could get multiple study Bibles if you wanted um, to compare various thoughts. You could also get a traditional commentary. So before you started study, you could purchase a commentary or two, or you could get them from the church library, um, and you could use this for your study. In the beginning section of a commentary, they're going to have probably about a chapter that's going to give you background information. It's going to be longer, a little more thorough explanation of the background. Um, information, but you could find it there as well. And then a commentary is literally going to take you through every single verse. Most traditional commentaries will take you through every single verse and give you comments on each verse. So if you choose a commentary, the one thing I would encourage you to do is to um, not just look at one commentary. So maybe you would have one traditional commentary and then you'd have a study Bible as well. And you kind of compare various thoughts or ideas from different people. If you want to know, okay, so I Google Ephesians and there's like 20 commentaries, which commentary should I choose? Um, I have something called a commentary reference guide if you wanna get real nerdy into this. Um, and what that does is it gives you a bunch of reputable commentaries that you can look at. Um, if you aren't sure, you can um, ask a friend. You can, you're welcome to ask me or Casey. If we don't know the answer because we don't know everything, we can pass your question along and find you the answer. Um, another source that I use is the Gospel Coalition. Um, so there are online sources that you can find, and the Gospel Coalition's website has, I think, on every single book of the Bible, they have um, background summary and information that you could get. Um, they have various types of maps or things like that, um, little extras on there. And then at the very bottom, they generally have um, additional resources, and they would give you a suggestion of commentaries that they think um, would be good, um, yeah, good commentaries to use to look at this. Because you will find that there are some very liberal commentaries um, that wouldn't hold to the orthodox faith. So when I say the word orthodox, that means the things we believe that you need in order to have salvation. So there are people that comment on the Bible that don't hold the Christian faith that we would hold. So you do want to do some digging before you purchase a commentary to look at who's writing this commentary and what perspective are they using. So then you have these, like I said, non-traditional types of commentary. Sermons are a type of commentary, and we um, have the internet now, so we can get access to all sorts of sermons online. So um, you could type in probably any section of scripture and find a sermon by someone. Um, so again, just use discretion and wisdom here in looking for who, who you're listening to and thinking through. Um, 
You can yeah. actually go back even to LEFC, and it has <coughs> past sermons for like years and years and years. Like mm-hmm. all the series that we've done did five years ago are still there on the website. <coughs> so they're really great. And they're, I mean, obviously, if we're trusting to them yes. to lead us in this church, we should go, we, we would trust what they're saying. So yes. going back, um, and yeah, there's, if, that's a great resource too to look yeah. back at all the. All the, things. all the various ones that we've used. Yeah, and we have a podcast as well, so this isn't going to lean into my second one here. Mm-hmm. So you could search LEFC's podcast. Probably the website goes back even further than what the podcast maybe would. But if you use a podcast app, I will often type in a section of scripture that I'm looking at and just type it into the podcast app. And then I'll look for, oh, I know this person. They're speaking on it. There would might be sermons there. Oftentimes, sermons will be on a podcast type of platform. Um, or you can find other podcasters talking to one another. Um Give me the name of one of our favorite podcasts. It's um, yeah, blanking so, on it. Try not to get too excited. Uh, there's a podcast called Spoken Gospel mm-hmm. that I just really love. It's a great resource. What's it called again? Spoken Gospels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my favorite. Oh, yeah. It's yes. fun to listen to, too. They're not dry. They're funny. We got hooked they're on it. Fun to listen to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're funny. So that would be a little bit more banter back and forth. Maybe a little bit more like this class would be where they're talking back through. They have looked at commentaries and are giving thoughts on it. Yes, spoken gospel. Um, and then friends. So I almost would have loved to put this one first, right? Because actually this is the one I would want you to go to first. Um, so in here, one of the like sweetest things to me is just dialoguing about this together. So grab a friend to study scripture. This can be the you and the friend both studying the same piece of scripture. Maybe you're, you get together and you're like, hey, we have this break. I want to study this. Do you want to study this with me? And you... Study individually and come together and chat about it, similar to what we do in WBF. But what I also want to say to you is that you do not need to be studying the same piece of scripture in order to talk to your friend about it. So I would just, I would so encourage you to talk to your friends about what you're learning about in the Word. And so um, you may find that if your friend's somewhere else, your friend's like, oh, no way, it says that. I was reading here and it said this. And it might even, Um, bring answers to some of the questions you have, um, or maybe they have a wealth of knowledge from other things that they've studied that they can bring into that, or ask you a question like, well, when you say that, what do you mean here? And that might give you another question to go back to the text and look at and think through. So talk with one another, talk with friends um, through what you're studying as well. All right, so next week, um, you know what, I did not, did you bring your workbook? Mm -hmm. I left mine. Next week, we're going to be doing a review week. So we are finishing Ephesians. But if you saw, we still have one more week. And so that's because we're going to do this review. So I wanted to go over quickly um, what we want you to do. I think in future, we will reformat this page a little bit because I'm not sure it's super helpful. So this may be a good time to take some notes on what we're going to be talking about next week. Um, I apologize for that. But... um, We think it's really important to pause at the end of a study and stop and review what you have learned, right? It's so easy for us just to run from one thing to the next. I know I'll even finish a book and it's like, oh, so good I was in the book, but I didn't pause to really think about what I was reading and so later I can't even explain it to someone else. So so pausing, thinking through, um, Lord, what have you taught me here? thinking about it, both um, what information I have learned and then also how has the Lord um, worked in my heart as I've been um, working through this study. So that's what we're going to do in this last week. So three things I'm going to encourage you to do. Um, First is read. And so you see this one at the top of this conclusion and recap page, which is page 108. 
So um, you could read the book of Ephesians. It's very easy. Um, it's only six chapters. Um, or you could listen to it. Or you could do a combination of both and take it in multiple times throughout the next week. But we would encourage you to read the whole book. And then review. So we have three options under that. Outline, summarize, and artwork. So this is this review step. Those three pieces are this review step. Don't feel like you need to do all three of those things, because some of you might got down to artwork and be like, I'm not coming next week, because I can't do that. <laughs> not me. Um, so this is an optional way for you to review the information. So all of us are created differently, and so we want to give different ways for you guys to do this. So, um, and you can come up with another way to do this other than what we've suggested too, but we want you to take time to go back through the book, look through your notes, think through um, the Ephesians as a whole, and, and what you've learned. So you could outline it. You could make some bullet points um, for um, each of the sections that we went through. You could summarize it. You could write that more like essay style, right? Um, making a summary through each of the sections that you went so that you have a whole summary of the book. You could create some piece of artwork um, where you illustrate what we've learned. We've had some really neat pieces of artwork that people have done um, in this class before just um, showing what um, they have learned as they went through the book. So that's from more of an information standpoint. Then the last piece we want you to do is reflect. And this is not on there at all, but I want to encourage you to do this. Um, we want to think about what are we going to take away from this class? Lord, how, again, how, I said this, Lord, how have you um, worked in my heart as I have been reading this book? Lord, what are you wanting me to take away from my time in the book of Ephesians and just reflecting on how the spirit has moved over the last two months. Probably a lot has changed in your life over the last two months. And so taking some time to think through, um, through that aspect as well. Here's where we've also encouraged um, you to think about maybe a verse from the book of Ephesians that really stood out to you or a theme um, that the Lord um, really pointed out to you. Um, and if you have that, we'll ask you to share that um, next week if you feel like you want to. And a good, excuse me, a good place to go back are those big picture wrap-ups. You can go back through and see yeah, thank you. what you have learned of the Lord and, and of ourselves each week. And then there's a lot of times, I some of you said this, I'm writing the same thing every week. Well, then that must be a theme that the Lord is pressing yes. on you. Um, that's a good thing, right? So going back to those big picture wrap, big picture wrap-up pages would be a helpful yeah, place. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so yeah, then you can note key verses or points that you, you want to walk away with from this. All right, I think that's it. All right, so before we break at our tables, let's read our passage together. It's a little bit shorter this week, but it has a lot of cool stuff. I'm excited to talk about it. Um, would somebody, since it's pretty decently short, well, maybe not. Would anyone like to read the whole thing? Maybe. I knew it. Thank you. I can count on you. <laughs> the whole armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in, his, in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak, so that you may you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. All right. Thank you. All right, so you guys can break at your tables, talk a little bit about some observations you found, questions you have, and then spend a good bit of your time looking at your interpretation. Um, there's no questions that you all have the same questions this week. It was blank, right? So. Be able, you are able then to have the freedom to talk about whatever, wherever the Lord led you with your interpretations this week. So we are going to come back together and look at our interpretations here. So um, since it's a bit of a smaller section, we'll just kind of go with the whole thing at once. Um, but what questions do you have or what are some things that you talked about that would be fun for us all to discuss? Good question. Adrian kind of gave us a little tiny overview from something that Dave shared in Roots, it sounds like, but I wasn't there for that. A lot of people probably weren't there for that. So, I don't know. I was like just looking at that list, like, I don't know. Is it because truth like holds everything else together? Mm. Is it the truth of the gospel? That's good. Yeah, sometimes when you read this, I wonder, is, is there a reason it, the order they're in? Or is Paul just like, and this, and this, and this, and this? <laughs> I don't <laughs> So, good question. I don't know. But we can talk about it. What other questions? We'll come back and answer our questions in a minute. But. We had a question about what the evil day is. Okay. That was the same as like the same thing. So that is in verse 13. Yeah. Yep. So you may be with able that you may able be able to withstand in the evil day. Good. What else? In the same verse what is having done all. Mm. Yes. So what does it mean? What does that mean? What is what does it look like to be having to have, having done all? Wow. It seems like we need more there, doesn't it? Yes. Is that great? Laura, were you encouraging someone else to ask a question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I saw it. I saw it. He says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, so it's more um, non-physical things, but then he gives us very physical armor. Mm, like, good question. As an analogy, so it just seems Yeah, so if it's not against flesh and blood, no, no, I'm trying to, yeah, if it's not against flesh and blood, then why are we giving physical things to put on? And then 
she also wrapped that up. Sorry, I'm adding your other point because it was good. Um, where after that, he says, like, you're all ready with the armor of God, and then, like, you're ready to go into, it sounds like you're ready to go into battle, but then you're just praying at all times. <laughs> So like gets back to the spiritual, yes. not just praying, which I think we can talk about this, but I think that gives us this idea that this battle is not like everyone else would fight. Like it's a special type of, we as believers are fighting a different way, but you're right. It seems like he's kind of, are we in the spiritual? Are we in the physical? Are we in both? Are we back to the spiritual? Good question. Anything else? One question I, I thought of too is this idea of standing um, compared to walking. Like we've talked a lot about walking in Ephesians and now why is he talking about standing? So what are the difference there? Or is there a difference? The word withstand. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just going. I mean, it, I feel like it goes along with standing against. But. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, because he uses stand multiple times, and then there he uses withstand. Although in another version, he doesn't actually use the word withstand. I mean, it's not the word withstand, but um, yes. But it's still what a similar idea. What is the word? Uh, they use. Uh, well, I just looked at it in the NIV. It says, "When the day of evil comes, stand your ground." Okay. So he uses stand once again. But it looks like you're standing there. I mean, in all of this standing, we're standing against something. But, but I think in that... is different than standing. Yeah. yeah. It feels a little different. Which I guess would be what withstand. is withstand. Yeah. So stand your ground is how it is mm-hmm. said otherwise. <clears throat> I know. Why can't he just tell us? Because <laughs> he wants us to think, I think. Yeah, so again, we're here, we're talking about in verse, where are we? Uh, 19. Uh, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Sometimes I wonder why he had to say proclaim the gospel, <laughs> right? But there's a mystery there. So what is that mystery that he's talking about? Um, would be a good thing to talk about. Is it the same as what was in Ephesians 3, 6, the mystery of Gentiles being brought? Yeah. into the gospel, is it, or is it a different mystery? I know, because there's multiple, there's times that he speaks of mystery in other books of the Bible that are slightly different. But yeah, let's talk, we'll talk about that one towards the end. Good question. All right, uh, if you have any other questions as we go, please jump in. Um, let's start with, I'm gonna go. Why don't we talk first, we'll talk about the belt of truth then when we talk about more of the actual armor, because that kind of goes into that conversation. I'm trying to see the order here. <laughs> um, Sorry, yeah, I okay. tried to try to write it. <laughs> that's okay, you do so, you do so, so good for me. Um, all right, well, I think basically in order here, we talk about the, him talking about it not being, or, or not the flesh and blood, right? And then why does he give us a physical armor? We can talk about that first one. So what do you think? So we very kind of very clearly says that our, our battle is not against things in this world, physical things, right? But then why does he give us a, why does he give us language of physical armor? What do you guys think? So I think that, you know, we use analogies to help us understand things. And so these spiritual things are difficult to understand. We don't really get it because we can't see it. So he's taking something that we can see or that we could understand. Isn't it interesting that that's something that 
you know, people don't really like wear armor in that same way anymore. People do still, when um, soldiers would get ready to go into some kind of battle, I'm sure they put, or police with their bulletproof vests. Sure. And still understand this idea of armoring up. Yes. And then that can help us to see, like somehow the spirit helped Paul to see that this would be helpful to us now. Mm-hmm. Which is so cool. Like how, yeah, I love that, that it's, not, it's unchanging across two, you know, thousands of years here. It um, proactive to me too, because he, like, you know, another analogy could be throw it all in the bags, but you have it ready when you need to. But it's like, no, it's on me, because mm-hmm. I don't know what's coming. I don't know if I'm going to need my shield. I don't know if I'm going to need my shoes. I don't know if I'm going to need my whatever. But it's already on for whatever does come. Yes. You know what I mean? Very good. Mm-hmm. I think this idea of putting on, mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense when we think of putting something physical on, because, yeah. And even though it's not, we're not putting on things that are seen. But in our minds, we can think of it that way. Very good point. I'm going to come back to why we end in prayer here, I think, in a little bit. Um, But I think that's a good start with this idea of the spiritual versus the physical and what that looks like. Um, So what do you think, then, he means by the evil day? So what is the evil day? And by the way, this is debated. <laughs> I looked at a lot. I looked at a lot of different things, and I saw different ideas. So, if we don't know, that's okay. But what are, what do you think? What do you think it could mean? One of the one of the ideas I read something more of an actual day or days, very close to when the Lord or when Jesus returns. Are there any other thoughts that what this could be? Do you think it's just those days? Do you think it can be now? Are we in those days? I think it's both. It's, it's both. I agree. Yeah. So why is it a singular day then? Like why not put days or other 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 versions that say days. But like, isn't his tense is, is present. Like when he says, for we do not wrestle. Like yes. He's not saying in the future. He is saying now. Yes. But there is a day coming. That's why I do like his present and future. Yeah, there is. Um, let me see. Always getting us on that much junk suit. I know. I think, I think the NIV says when, when the day of evil comes, which even more feels like it's an actual day, but um, do you think it could mean multiple days? feels like a season. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a generality. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know if I didn't look back at the actual word from the Greek, if that was just singular or not. Do you have any thought about that? Um, I was going to give another thought. Yeah. In 5, um, 15, and 16, it says, look carefully at how you walk. Yes. 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 It is. Uh, yeah. A bigger. Yeah. I would see it more as more than just a day. Um, it is. It's which. It's the days that we are living in now. And it. I think. I mean. We will continue to see until Jesus does return. Um, also, people call it in other places the last days. Um, 
yeah, before he returns. But those last days doesn't mean literally in our in our mind a day or two, um, more of a season. I also it's not go ahead. Exactly. It's not like defined as like something. Yeah. Good, good, really good point. I even sometimes when I was reading this, I even just kind of I didn't take the way day out, but thinking of it as um, that you may be with able to withstand the evil one, <laughs> and putting in withstanding against evil in general. Um, again, you don't want to just remove words from scripture. I'm not doing that, <laughs> but just thinking of it as as the evil one and spiritual attack, and um, that day doesn't necessarily mean just just one day. Too, because it's like easy to walk around in this life and feel like, oh, I'm just moving about my days. Like I don't really need to put that on. Like you were saying, like um, it's proactive because you're viewing this through a lens of an actual spiritual war that's going on beyond what I can physically see. And so I need to remind myself of that because it's not what I feel naturally. I feel like too. Yeah. And we're told that we won't know when it's coming. Right? Yes. No, we we already know that. So. One of the places that I read talked about um, anytime evil is encountered, and it kind of goes on that thing too. Like that can be any time. I mean, we're in, we can encounter that anytime, and like you're saying, we don't always know when that actual attack may come. So we need to proactively put that on. I love that. It's a good point. In verse 16, which is maybe maybe yours was a different translation of verse 16, what you just said, but it says in all circumstances, which to me sounds like an ongoing thing and not just a one. Event. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. And also in the uh, next section where it talks about prayer, it says at all times. At all times. Very good. So. Yeah. I really love how you always pull out different parts of the passage. That's an awesome, awesome skill to have. Really good. Well, it doesn't happen that often. Hey, <laughs> I, when you're here, it does. It has happened a lot. Just say Thank you. <laughs> I, I see it, and I think it's awesome, and I love it. Every time you do it, I'm like, oh, it's so good. So, no. <laughs> do you want to come up and teach? <laughs> That's how they get you, Vicki. Uh, no, no, no. But I'm not a member. So. No. So. Oh, all right. Um, so, so, so with that, with the evil day, since we're right there, um, what do you think Paul means by, and having done all? So let me read the whole, the whole verse here. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So what do you think he means by and having done all? Part of it is is surely having put on all the armor. Yes. But I don't think that's all of it. I think there's more. I definitely agree. I think that is, I think that's actually the bigger part of it is putting it all on. Anything else? Any other thoughts? I think to not exclude certain areas that you think you're okay in. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm decent in that. I don't need to, like, actively make a choice to make sure that that area is getting sharpened in my life. That's really good. I mean, like, (coughs) should I, we're working on those things. Sure. Because it's easy to work on things that we can do well. (laughs) Or, like, or we know how we're doing. we're going to, yeah, make the pendulum a little... Sure. Be on one side. Mm-hmm. I don't even think, I think other, another translation just said having done everything, so it's not real helpful there. Um, is there more to it than just putting on the armor? Yeah, what do you I think? Personally, think there is. I think in, there's, there's a lot of action in this. We're called to be strong, to stand, to proclaim, withstand, put on, extinguish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so good. Be bold, <laughs> Love it. That's so good. That's so good. 
Oh, that's so well, good. I just think about like the, what came to my mind when she's saying that when you take your child to try soccer for the first time, and you see that one kid just standing up to the side, and everybody's all grouped together like bumblebees, you know. So you can't be that one observing. It's so good. I love, yeah, I wish we could just write them all down because they're so good. I think to hear them, I think that was really smart too of you to even, did you write those all down? Yeah, a list. Well, it's a list. Oh, I love it. That's a great list. Oh, that's so good. And it also, it pulls them all together and it, yeah, it shows action. Um, and I think you're right. I think that is all that he, all these <laughs> action verbs that he's given, all these commands and all these exhortations he's giving us are all, that is putting, the, that is, goes along with putting it all on. Yeah. me of like working out our faith like it's it's a wrestle like to fight against yes to stand up against the, the norms of society and the direction of culture like it's a wrestle to figure out what is the truth where, where should I go what what do I believe and it's not like a passive faith it's the, yes absolutely this idea of, yeah, because if you're in a wrestling match and you don't do anything, you're going to get your butt beat. You know what I mean? You're not going to do anything. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. I mean, if you stand there, you're not going to win. You have to be active. And yeah, so that's a, that's a great point. So then how do we compare standing to walking? Waiting. Yeah. Hmm? You know it's coming. Right. You're waiting for it. You're prepared. Right. I think the preparation piece is huge. Yeah, because if we're just waiting for something without being prepared, that's different. But I think waiting in preparation is, is a good point. So can Isn't we... Isn't a passage yeah. earlier on talking about like not standing in like sin or evil or darkness? Maybe not. Maybe in Ephesians? Know. Yes, but I forget. I can't. I don't think it would be a five. Maybe not. But this feels, my thought is it feels different than that. It feels different than, like, because he's calling us not to sit. Maybe it's not sit and sit, I forget. But this feels, yeah, like what we're saying, like a posture, uh, an action, you know, ready for battle. Like we're on the balls of our toes, leaning forward. Yeah. Still, but waiting. But waiting. And what are we, what are we standing still in? Spirit. <laughs> the spirit, right? And we are standing in the victory we have in Christ, um, and that is the best place to stand. And that is not just a passive standing, right? We talked about that with the difference between, and we said walking is very active, it's intentional. But I think standing is also, this standing is also active and intentional. It's not passive. Um, but we can only stand if we are standing in the right place, or else we're going to get pushed over. It reminds me of when we studied James and how it talks about like, when you're in double-minded and not um, being tossed, tossed to the yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, not getting tossed to, like it's helpful, I feel like it's really helpful to think about what, whatever we're thinking about, what it's not. So like, I like what you said about not sitting on your can. Like, <laughs> we're struggling to figure out, well, what does it mean to put on the armor of God? Well, the opposite would be just 
sitting on your can. <laughs> and the opposite of standing is getting tossed. Yes, absolutely. Pushed over by all the things that are trying to push us over. Yeah, very good. There's like battle. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good reminder. I think that's too, like a piece of standing. Like our walking is what we're doing throughout our life, but when it comes to fighting the enemy, we're we're standing because it's already done. It's already won. Yeah. And that not being tossed, going back like the last word, incorruptible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an interesting word for him to end with. <laughs> yeah. And it's not against people. It's not against non-believers. Yes. It's a really good point. Jess, we're going to add something? Well, ju- yeah, just like the standing being a defensive thing, and then like, Jesus on the, is on the offense. Like, he's the mm-hmm. one who's defeating. It's really good. If we picture ourselves going to battle with Christ in front of us, like, we are going with him. It's such a different picture than us trying to go. When you picture people going to battle like that front line, they're the people going first, but we are going into battle behind Christ and with him. And he's already won it. It just makes us seem like it's still hard though. We still have trials and they're still hard, right? Um, But we do have, we have victory in that. Um, Let's see here. I can't, they're all kind of blending here. That's okay. Oh, yeah, good. Um, So talk about the armor, right? Great job. Thank you. Um, Why, first of all, why a belt of truth? And why do you think this comes first? Do you think there is a purpose here? That's a really good point. Because there are a lot of things in this world we can fight for, right? But if we, you're exactly right. Uh Uh-huh. So this was really helpful. So Dave Cox, he's an elder here, uh, he's also in, in Roots, but he taught on Ephesians, specifically the armor of God. I don't know how long ago now, but every time I like hear the armor of God, like I think of this now. But yes, for sure. Back in this time, like the physical armor that men would use in battle, you put the belt on first because then all the other pieces of the armor fit to that belt. So it was like helpful to have that visual appreciate the history of. It's really good. So it really is the foundation, right, that we need to, in order for us to put on the other things. Otherwise everything else would fall off. Right. And that's definitely not something we think of in our world. Like our belt doesn't seem like, I don't know, it's not near as cool. (laughs) It really is the last thing to do. Put everything else on, then you're like, oh, I forgot my belt. You know, like that is not, (laughs) I love that point. Thank you. Everybody had all the pieces of the armor because of you know your your status. Mm. But like this calls for all of the armor, not just bits and pieces. It's a really good point. I've been thinking throughout a lot this week about what does it mean to put on the whole armor. Like I don't just put on this piece and this piece or this piece I need today. This piece I might need tomorrow. I don't really need this piece a lot. <laughs> but what does it look like for that the whole thing? And I think you're right though. I think that foundation has to be on the truth. Um, so what is the truth? Not the answer, but the oh. follow-up question is how is like maybe it's just a way of how analogies eventually break down, but like why is the truth singled out? But wouldn't truth 
like salvation when I think of salvation or the gospel, like the word of God, that's truth. So like I feel like it's is it somehow a little bit different or are they separate? Are they like, or is it linked to all of them? So I wonder like if there's something mm -hmm. more than just the word of God. What do you think? It was throwing me off a little bit that it wasn't capitalized too. Like, yeah. should it be capitalized? Well, he doesn't even capitalize he sometimes, so I don't. <laughs> I don't know. The capitals have thrown me off a lot in this one. Yeah. I don't know. The first thought I had was just like God Himself and His character as being the truth. I have a way the truth. Yes. So when we put that on, the rest of these things should fall into place. Like, these things all come from God's attributes and who God is. You're exactly right. Um, I, think, I think, yeah, that's how I would have kind of read it, too. So do you think he puts them on, do you think these are in an order, then? I really don't know the answer. I'm just curious what you think. Like, I mean, I think it makes sense that truth would come first, but I don't know, does it make sense to, like, actually look at each one in order, or can we just say it's, it's, it's a whole? I'm asking a question I don't know how to answer, so. I feel like it would be, well, I guess, I you put your breastplate on and then your shoes. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's true. Yeah, I was, I mean, I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's easy to get caught up in something like that and, and miss then, I will talk about this later in the wrap up, but um, the focus here is not on the actual physical armor, it is on the actual armor that he has given us. And so I think it's great to look at the Nord and do all that, but I think to always come back to what are we actually putting on. Um, I think he's awesome by giving us a physical picture, but I also don't want us to get lost in the physical picture and forget the actual armor. Um, and then what does that actually practically look like in our lives, and I'll talk about this at the end too, to put on truth and righteousness and faith and peace? And what does that actually look like to live that out? Because it's really easy to say, oh, we, these are things we need to put on, mm -hmm. but how do we actually do that, and what does that look like? And along with that, what also do we need to take off mm -hmm. to take away? Are we replacing, yes, are we having something on that's not what he listed here? That's a really, so, really good point. Sorry, so oh, go ahead. it kind of goes back to the where he says having done all, but like, and also talking about the preparedness for that, but do you think it's too much of a, like how to do that, but, sorry, my words are just kind of jumbling. No, it's fine. Oh, mine do um, all the time, I get it. Do you think that it's too much of a stretch to look back at all the directives that are given, like in the whole other part of the book, because this is like the conclusion, like this is the last part, I mean, besides the final readings, but, like looking back, like you can see what we're supposed to do. Like, do not sin, do not let the sun go down in your anger, forgive one another, um, be kind to one another. Um, you know, like there are so many directives that are given here bearing with one another in love, um, being the body of Christ. You know, oh yeah. Oh, I absolutely like, not. I absolutely don't think that is a stretch at all. Okay. I think that's what scripture. That's what I think. That's Paul wants. What Paul wants us to do. I think that's how you pull the whole thing together. I also wouldn't say it's lost to think of when he says having done all. It's even also this idea of understanding what God has done <laughs> and what He already has done for us, and then that is our our basis for what all that we do for truth. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, I absolutely think that's a perfect place to go, Laura. I think going back and looking at all the things that we have learned 
um, about who God is first and then how that applies to us absolutely fits here. I think this Great. armor enables us to do those directives too. Right, like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like how yeah. we, what does that look like? Yeah, and go back and like reference the first six chapters. Yes, absolutely. He does start off with finally. So I, to me, I think he is asking us to go back and apply <coughs> and to look at what all we have, we have learned. When we do it like this and we read it, in such little chunks, sometimes that can be missed. That's why we asked you to go back and look at the entire thing. It'll be a really sweet thing for you to do and then actually get to see how it all fits together, which is the power of God's word. In the last couple of chapters, like five, he was talking about like human relationships. Mm-hmm. But like now he's like, but remember, you're fighting yes. against yes. your battle is really against spiritual yes. forces. Yes. For the last couple of chapters, he was talking about yeah, personal relationships and how they treat each other. Yeah, we need to remember we're not just fighting our husband. that's a good point (laughs) yes it all comes full circle right because he talks about this idea of heavenly places way back in chapter one in the very first chapter that's what he starts off with about these spiritual blessings that are there and that these heavenly places and now we're talking about there is evil here too so we'll talk about that a little bit later too what are these heavenly places that he's talking about um Yes, and the mystery really quick, too. Um, so why do you think he ends this whole thing then with prayer? Like, we, like Aaron said, we kind of started with spiritual. We talked about physical armor, although there's more than that. And then we go back to, yeah, how does prayer fit into all of this? That would be my question. I think to remember like, the power of prayer so that you can put on all like, these physical things but don't miss like, the importance of of talking with and inviting Christ into this battle. And we just forget about the spiritual battle a lot because it's not physical. We can't see it all the time. Yeah, so it's reminding us to not forget about it. Right. Right. Very good. Why else do you think prayer is important here? It's not in our own strength. Like, so, like, you know, we're, we're putting, quote-unquote, the armor on, but it's, it's all through God. Like, we don't need to Absolutely. all through him. We would not be able to do any of it without him. And so it's just a reminder, flesh themselves about it. Sure. I think it's connecting us to God. Yes. I mean, where the armor comes from. that connection, you don't have that, then we're lost by Absolutely. Ourselves. I think it's cool that Paul is giving us, he gives us what to put on, and he's also kind of giving us our battle plan, <laughs> right? Like our battle plan is to go to the Lord in prayer, and, and we don't, yeah, if we're not fighting something physical, then we have to be able to fight it with something not physical, if that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like, like the little drawing of like the, the guy with the, all the um, armor on, mm-hmm. prayer would be like all around. Yes. And I think sometimes we miss that, actually. Like, I, I look back at, like, pictures of this and even, like, little in kids' books or, like, in things, and I don't see the piece of prayer, which, if you're reading this, that is probably <laughs> that's what keeps it all together. It is really the most important part. We can't do all this without that. So that's such a good point. I think they need to add that in. So if anyone ever makes a kid's book with it, <laughs> put prayer around it somehow. I think it's how, that's how you put it on, too, is through prayer. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think we need to 
probably end there. Uh, the mystery piece, I, yeah, he uses that word a lot. I read it also as um, <clears throat> he talks about, I'm just going to give you a quick answer because we don't have time to talk about it, <laughs> um, but about it, that he would boldly, um, opening his mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Um, and so I, I went back and thinking about this mystery a lot that he talks about, including the Gentiles, um, and he is preaching this to Gentiles. Um, so it's basically like making known this gospel, making known the revelation that he has had in the gospel message for the Gentiles. Um, it's a very quick, simple answer. There might be more to that, but there's my 10-second <clears throat> answer for you. All right, so um, let's stop there, and you guys can talk at your tables about your application. Again, there weren't questions here, but um, it's really important, again, to think about what does this actually look like in our lives? Because if we read this as just lofty things, and we don't know how to actually put it into place or actually live it out, then we're missing something. And I think then that is where the true change will come. We have to understand it and read it, but we also need to know how to then make it happen in our lives. Um, and this is a little tricky to do that, especially in this text, I think. It seems like something we read over and over again. We've heard of the armor of God. But yeah, how do we actually apply this to, to our lives and our own situations? All right, ladies. I hate to cut your conversation short, but I have to. <laughs> All right, so our um, last tagline for all of our, if you're following all, all of them, is not working. <laughs> there it is. Oh. All right, it is stand firm. There's a lot of cool things in this passage, um, but we, I tried to find a way to incorporate that we're against something, and anyway, stand firm is what we have. So, um, in this week's, next week's time, it would be awesome to kind of go back and look at these again and think on them and see, I mean, this is not just what it's all about, but it kind of gives a quick way to summarize um, the whole book. So it's kind of fun to see them all there together. All right, so here we are in the final section of Ephesians. Um, a little hard to believe. I feel like this has gone so, so fast. Um, I do pray, though, that your time in this book has been thought-provoking, um, and it has deepened your understanding of, of who God is and what he has done, and then in turn that it has impacted your everyday life. Again, we want to be able to be applying what we are learning. So Paul, um, he ends his letter with some of his strongest exhortations yet. As uh, we heard, there was a lots of commands in here. Um, there are three very clear instructions. There's more than this, but I kind of brought it down to these three, um, and they are to be strong in the Lord, Put on the whole armor of God and to stand firm. And we'll come back to these throughout, throughout today. Um, so throughout, throughout this passage, we see a lot of spiritual things going on here. Um, we see a spiritual realm and we see a spiritual battle, a spiritual enemy, a spiritual victory, and a spiritual armor. Um, I know that's a lot on there, but I will come back to each, all five of those. You'll see a slide for each one. If you can't get them all, jot it down now. <laughs> can you speak to you? Um, Go back. What were the, what were the three exhortations? Sure. Again, sorry. Be strong in the Lord, put on the whole armor of God, and stand firm. Yeah. Oh, I'll leave that up for a second. Um, so we're going to start looking at the spiritual realm, and then we're going to go through each of those spiritual elements throughout our, our little wrap-up here today. Um, so the spiritual realm is mentioned five times throughout the book of Ephesians as heavenly places. It also might be seen as heavenly realm. It's the same thing, just different wording. Um, 
So what is the, what are these heavenly places? Am I okay to go on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right, so what are these heavenly places? Well, Lindsay said way back when, on our first week together, that these, this is the spiritual dimension where God and all spiritual powers are dwelling. So it is a sphere of spiritual activity. Um, it includes heaven and all that is unseen around us. But I want to be really clear here that this is not just heaven, because we know that Paul tells us that there are evil powers here, and we know that it's truth that evil cannot be present in heaven. So the heavenly places, I know it's a strange wording. I don't know why you, I feel like when you use heavenly, it feels like it should just be in heaven. But it is, it encompasses more than that. Um, we do know, though, that God is in heaven and evil is not. So it, it is partly heaven, but it's also the sphere around that as well. Um, and we also know that it is not earth and it is not material things. So it is not a matter of flesh and blood, as Paul tells us. So moving on in this week's passage, we, we hear this word finally, right? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So it indicates that we're here at the end. Um, Paul is instructing us to take all that we have learned and put it into action. Just like you said, Laura, uh, because of all the truths that, truths that we have seen throughout Ephesians, we can now stand and be strong in the Lord. We need those things, though, to be able to do that. Um, and how are we to be strong in the Lord? Paul's pretty clear here. He says by putting on the armor that, he, that God provides. And why is the strength needed? Uh, so we can stand against the devil's schemes. So what does this spiritual battle look like? Um, he gives it also this to us as well. It was nice of Paul this week. I feel like he gave us some <laughs> nice answers. Um, he tells us it's not against flesh and blood. Um, no, our wrestling or our struggle is against the evil ones in the unseen realm. So he uses lots of words here. He says it's against rulers, authorities, uh, cosmic powers, spiritual forces. When you read this, it kind of sounds a little bit like we're doomed, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, this is a lot. Um, but we are not doomed. That is the truth we have to stand in. We are absolutely not doomed, right? Because of Christ, he has victory over all of these things. Um, it is very clear that these are present, but it's also very clear that Christ is above all of them. Um, so uh, we have the spiritual battle, and it's against the spiritual enemy. So it's, I want to spend just a minute here to talk about who is the spiritual enemy. Um, well, the Bible gives us some pretty clear descriptions of him uh, all throughout Scripture. There's a lot of different references, but here are a few. We see that Satan is a sinner. Uh, he is a murderer and a liar. He is a deceiver and accuser. Here in Ephesians, he is referred to as the prince of the power of the air. Um, he's also referred to as a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And in Matthew, you can see, we see that he is a tempter. So this list is not exclusive, but it does give us a picture of who we're dealing with here. Um, the presence of evil and the schemes of the devil are real, and we need to know that. We can't go about life pretending that he's not, he doesn't exist. Um, because evil rarely looks evil um, until it accomplishes its goal. A lot of times it gains entrance by appearing to be attractive, to be desirable, to be perfectly legitimate. And um, yes, we can feel spiritual attacks when we're ready to do those big things, right, for the Lord, when we're going on a missions trip, when we're going to preach a sermon, uh, things like that. But you also can and likely will see these things occur in your most vulnerable spaces, um, in your homes, with your close relationships, which is what we talked about last week. So I think it's really cool that Paul follows up all of that talk about our vulnerable spaces and now talking about the spiritual battle that we're in. 
Um, so we need to know, and we need to, I know it's not fun to sit there, it's not fun to sit in who he is, but we need to know how, how Satan works in order for us to properly fight against him. Um, and we fight by holding fast to the gospel and putting on God's attributes, right? That armor that we've been talking about and that armor that only comes from him. Um, through hardship and suffering, I just pop that up up there, um, Satan wants us to abandon our faith. So when we have struggles, when things don't go our way, he wants us to abandon our faith. That is his goal, right? Which is exactly why Paul tells us we have to stand firm and we have to be aware of those things and then we stand firm in the truth that we know. Um, so remember though that Satan's power is limited. Sometimes again, we don't wanna sit in the space of all, look at all he is, but we wanna know that his power is limited, right? The ultimate battle has been won uh, through his death and resurrection, Christ, um, he has conquered all. He has brought light in the darkness, which exposes the devil's schemes. Thank goodness <laughs> that we can see that through, through the light of Christ. Uh, Colossians 2.15 says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So he is victorious, and we get to share in that victory if we are found in him. So Satan prowls, um, but Jesus triumphs. Satan deceives, but Jesus delivers. Satan accuses, but Jesus intercedes. Satan is a liar, Jesus is truth. Satan blinds, but Jesus gives sight. And Satan is powerful, but Jesus is greater. Um, these are some words that I've been sitting in. I heard it from another sermon, um, just loved them and been sitting with this week. Um, so I'll leave them over there for a little bit because they're fun ones. So Paul talks a lot about walking in Ephesians, right? We already talked about this this morning already, but um, there's a change here to standing. And this standing is not passive like we talked about. Uh, it takes strength and stability. Um, we stand firm clothed in the spiritual armor that God, that God gives us. Um, alone, we didn't win the victory and we don't make the armor, but our job is to put it on. That is, that's our calling, is to put this on. And why do we put it on? Again, because the devil is prowling, he's looking to distract us and cause us to question our faith. So what is this spiritual armor, right? And we talked about this a lot again. It's made up of attributes of God himself and gifts that he gives us. Uh, there's a lot of really great language here. We already talked about this this morning, all this physical language. Um, but sometimes, and I said this earlier, when we focus so much on the physical items that he's talking about, we can get lost as to what the actual armor is. Um, it's not a breastplate. It's not a helmet. It is not a shield. Uh, these are descriptors to show the true armor. Um, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read the section again, kind of out of the NIV, but I'm going to take out the physical language of the armor, okay, the actual physical armor, um, just so we can hear the weight of what we've actually been given. I'm going to take out the physical armor, but leave in the rest of it. All right, so stand firm then with truth and with righteousness in place, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take salvation and take the spirit, working through the word of God. So these are our weapons. These are how we fight with truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation and the spirit. Um, so first, as we talked about this morning, we want to stand in on the foundation of truth. Actually, I actually have that verse written here. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, we must remember and keep trusting in the truth of the gospel. And next, we put on righteousness, which is approval by God. And through the blood of Jesus, 
We are covered in his righteousness, which keeps us from being accused by Satan and also allows us to reflect God's character in our actions. We are also to put on peace, peace with God and peace with one another, which we talked about earlier in Ephesians. Our peace and our unity poses such a threat to Satan, who wants us to be divided, who he wants division. Uh, next, one of our biggest weapons um, is our, against the evil one is our faith. Uh, we trust the gospel of Jesus to shield us from Satan's lies. Our relationship with Christ um, is what stands in the way of us being swept away by the schemes of the devil. And then this closely relates to um, how we put on salvation. God's salvation is the ultimate assurance of protection. This allows us to be found in Christ. This allows us to follow him when we enter the battle. Um, and lastly, he gives us his spirit. He gives us himself through his Holy Spirit. So Paul says twice uh, here to put on this full armor of God. Again, how do we do this? What is our strategy for victory? And that is that prayer piece that we talked about. Like the song says, when we fight, we fight on our knees. Uh, Paul tells us to pray in all time, at all times with all prayer and supplication for all the saints. Lots of alls there. <laughs> um, prayer really is the foundation to the effectiveness of our armor. Um, he starts his letter praying for the Ephesians, and now we see here that Paul is asking them to also pray for him. It's kind of all coming full circle again. So what do we take away from this passage? Well, there is so much here, <laughs> um, so it's hard to know exactly where to go. Um, but as I sat in this this week, like I said earlier, I kept coming back to the question of what does this actually look like practically in my life? How do I put on this armor to fight against the enemy's schemes um, and straight up lies? So I'm going to walk you through a little bit of where I've been this week. <laughs> um, so first of all, we need to identify what the lie actually is. Um, how is Satan attacking me? Like, what is he trying to get me to believe? And I can only see this when I am walking in step with the Lord, when I can see who I am in Christ, um, living in that light when he's exposing that darkness, um, that is where we can see those lies because we are living in the light of Christ. Um, and so one of those lies that has creeped up in my life um, a lot is just doubt. Um, this idea that I doubt sometimes that, that God can use me um, because I don't know enough or I'm not eloquent enough or I don't have enough experience. Um, and once I, once I identified that lie, I need to remind myself, this is how I can put on these truths. I need to remind myself of what I know to be true about the source of all things, my identity in Christ. And I need to hold fast to that instead of holding on to this lie of doubting myself. Um, I also need to go to God in prayer um, and ask him to help my heart to believe what is true instead of believing the lies. Um, I need to fasten on that belt of truth that we were talking about. I can also use the sword of the spirit to look back at scripture and find out what God is saying and how he's speaking truth in this area. So things like the Lord wants to use me. He will give me words to say. Uh, he wants to give me knowledge and understanding, and, but it all starts with him. And I just have to get out of the way sometimes. <laughs> um, so by putting on the shield of faith, I can trust that, that in my weakness, he is strong. And that will hopefully help me to step out in obedience, um, which is the last part here. Um, but again, but all of these things, though, show the devil that there is no room for him. Like, I'm, I, I'm not going to allow room for him. I'm going to fill myself with these and put on this armor and fight against that. Um, and after putting that armor on is when I need to step out in obedience. Um, so with my dad example... Stepping out in obedience for me might be agreeing to teach here at WBF, which has been a huge stretching thing for me. <laughs> um, or taking on a leadership role that's new in my job. Um, allowing, though, for the Lord to work 
through me in stretching situations. That is how I can step out in obedience um, with that armor on, ready to fight. Um, because when we do that, Satan does try to come back and tell us it's still not good enough, it's not right. Um, but we have to trust in the truth that we stand on. Um, so I want you uh, to, to encourage you guys this week to take some time to think about your own life. Um, are there areas of unbelief or maybe lies that the devil is trying to have you kind of grab, grab a hold of? And remember that God has given us a way to fight through prayer um, and, and to win this battle. So what does it look like for you to put on the full armor of God in whatever situation you are in? To literally wear truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the spirit. Um, because like I said, our job is not to win the battle on our own. It's not to create our own armor. Um, instead, to be victorious in spiritual warfare, we just need to be united with Christ, put on that armor that God gives us, and keep trusting in the gospel. So, do we have time for that? She's going to tell me no. Okay, I'm going to finish. I was doing back and forth about this. Not. This is a little weird, a little different. Not weird, but um, I'm going to play a song for you that has been just running through my head this whole week. Something that we've been singing at church a lot recently. Um, there's going to be words with it. If you feel like you want to sing with it, I probably will because I can't not when I hear this song. Um, the song is already, already um, We've Already Won by Shane and Shane. And so we, if, you come, if you come to LAFC, this is a song we've been singing a lot of. But we are fighting a battle that has already been won. I can't hardly say it without tears. <laughs> Um, it just means a lot. And so this is not something that God, it's out of God's control. Like he will be controlling all the things that we're walking through. We just have to put our, our faith in him. Um, so I don't know how to get over there. Thank you. So we're going to play this quickly. If you feel like you want to sing along, if you want to stand, you want to sit, I don't care, whatever you want to do. Um, but listen to these words and think about this passage as we, as we hear these words.
Father God, we, um, we praise you um, that the battle has already been won 
And we pray that we can stand in that truth um, whenever we face things of today. In all circumstances, Lord, would you help us to fight um, with the armor that you have given us and to stand um, in, in you and to stand still in the victory that Christ has won um, through defeating death on the cross and defeating Satan once and for all. And um, we know that the, there's still presence today, um, but we look forward to the day one, one day when that is, he is gone forever and we can stand face to face with you, um, praising your name forever. And so God, and, but in this, in this world, we will have trouble. Um, you tell us that in your word. Um, but Lord, you also give us a way to fight and you give us the armor to put on. And so in our week this week, Lord, would you help us um, in whatever situation we're walking through, um, Lord, to stand in, with you and also to put, put on truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and, and your spirit. God, would you help us to know how to do this um, and then to actually step out and do it? Um, Lord, would you help us to step out in obedience? And, um, but again, we just, yeah, I stand in awe of this idea that this, this battle has already been won and let us live in that confidence uh, this week. And um, yeah, know that we, when we go into whatever we're walking through, that you are with us, that you are ahead of us, um, and that you will never leave us. And so we thank you for that. Um, we love you, Lord, and we pray this on your son's name. Amen.